On the Way Home is proudly supported by Ellis Dawn Community Builders, a group formed within the Ellis Dawn group of companies to assist those who wish to deliver affordable and sustainable housing by providing development management services and leveraging Ellis Dawn's turnkey cradle-to-grave project capabilities. We incorporate all that a world-leading development, construction, and building services company has to offer to provide innovative and sustainable developments that connect and energize communities. Our offering is not simply a development and construction solution. It's a holistic and comprehensive approach that ensures the delivery of assets that communities can be proud of. To learn more, please visit www.communitybuilders.ellisdon.com. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am Michael Braithley from Blue Door, and as always, I am joined by the talented Stefania from the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. Steph, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. It's the heat wave is still going out here in Vancouver, but today is like the first real break, I think. It's not muggy. It's just like a regular warmth level. So feeling a lot better. It's been like the longest, hottest summer in Vancouver in like recent memory, I think, or ever. Um, so yeah, doing better today than usual <laughs> with a sick kid at home. You know how it goes. Absolutely. It's funny when I asked that in, in, you know, you said great, but the tone and the speed of <laughs> the response didn't match. And I, I, I get it. And it, it's very Canadian to, uh, we complain about the long winters and then uh, it doesn't take us long to start saying the summer's been too hot and, and long. But uh, I know that BC has had uh, unusually mm-hmm. hot summer. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's so connected to homelessness and housing because right now the interior of BC is on fire, and so many folks are displaced. And summer is a hard time because of all the tourism, and they're asking folks, you know, in Asoyas, Penticton, please don't come. We need every spare room for folks who need somewhere to go. So it's it's um, related. When I think about the weather, I immediately think about wow, we really need to get to work and get these solutions going, man. Yes, and. and- you know, with there, there's so much happening right now in the world uh, mm-hmm. across Canada, including what was just recently announced. We are on the verge of a federal election coming up uh, in September. And I know that uh, you've been uh, part of a leadership team working on something big for that. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So uh, when Trudeau dropped the writ, um, we really hit the ground running with vote housing. I mean, we've been working on it for months. Of course, you know, campaigns don't happen in a day, but now we are really focused on making sure that this federal election, which right now doesn't have a really good uh, issue that's emerged. We really want housing to be at the top of that list for everyone because it affects everyone and anyone. So, you know, we have uh, 18 million folks who showed up at the polls for the last federal 
general election, we did a Nanos poll that came out recently that showed that 5 million people are worried about uh, making rent in September. So I think we really need to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, so check out boathousing.ca. But um, anyway, I want to get us back on track. <laughs> Sorry to derail us um, right away, but uh, I'm really excited to, to introduce our guests today. Awesome. Tell me all about them. For sure. So uh, we have two folks on the call with us today. Uh, first off, I'll introduce Jacob, who is Director of Programs and Strategic Director of Programs and Strategic Initiatives at the Canadian Housing and Renewal Association. Uh, in his role, he acts as CHRA's Senior Program and Content Lead, working with government, private, and nonprofit partners to disseminate knowledge, bolster innovation in the housing sector, and work toward a future in which all Canadians have safe and affordable homes of their own, just the kind of guest we like to have on the show. And I just want to note a key part of his work involves the administration of the Housing Professionals Mentorship Program which uh, we will be talking about quite a bit today and giving our listeners a sneak peek on. And of course, our second amazing guest is Mary, uh, who is general manager at the Chartered Institute of Housing Canada. She liaised with the uh, Chartered Institute of Housing in the United Kingdom and works with the Canadian Board and Executive Committee. She oversees the financials, membership, course development, and communications. It's a lot. That is a lot to oversee. And she's committed to ensuring that there are professional development opportunities for people who find themselves in the housing sector. Mary and Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stefania. Nice to be here. Yeah, happy to be here as well. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, Jacob, maybe we can start with you telling us a little bit about what I mentioned, the Housing Professionals Mentorship Program. How did it come about and what do you hope to accomplish? Thanks so much, Stefania. And again, it's a pleasure to be here with the three of you today. So the Housing Professionals Mentorship Program, also known as HPMP, or as I like to call it, my baby, is the mentorship program for Canada's housing and homelessness sector. Uh, over the last several years, there's been widespread recognition that affordable housing and homelessness are challenges that are growing in severity and scope. And to tackle them, our sector needs increased capacity and it needs more leaders to come out of the woodwork and rise to the challenge. And that's why about five years ago, HPMP was created with the goal of increasing sector capacity and leadership by facilitating mentorships between experienced housing professionals and those in guidance. The man, the legend himself on this call, Michael Braithwaite is one of HPMP's great mentors. And Michael, I just wanna take this opportunity to thank you for all the hard work that both you and all of our other mentors put into the, like both mentorship and leadership in the program and beyond. And I think I can speak for both myself and all the mentees that have come through the program uh, when I say that we appreciate your time and effort. But Michael, like as you and many of our alumni have learned, HPMP is continuously growing and becoming more than just a mentorship facilitator. We also have grown to have an amazing lineup of programming that's designed to do things like supporting the building of strategic networks and community, offering training to develop leadership competencies, and helping enhance knowledge around core housing themes such as housing policy and advocacy. Now uh, we're entering our fifth year and the programming just keeps on getting better and better, but more on that later. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, Michael is a mentor. He would be an amazing one. Um, so Barry, I'd like to shift it over to you and ask sort of the same questions of the Chartered Institute of Canada. Um, how did it come about and what are its main objectives? 
Sure, I'm happy to answer that. Um, so uh, Chartered Institute of Housing Canada, or how we'll, we'll call it CIH Canada for the purposes of our call here, um, uh, along the same lines as what HPNP is doing is really working on sector capacity. Um, but what happened was um, a little while ago, um, there was a real recognition amongst the senior leadership that the demographic shift was coming in the sector, much like for the rest of Canada. And so a lot of the senior leadership was looking to retire or was hoping to be able to retire. Um, and they were concerned about the next generation of people coming up as housing professionals to take on their roles. Um, and they looked around and said, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for housing education and training. So I'm actually a really good example of this. I got interested in affordable housing during planning school, but there was no formal course on affordable housing or housing for me to take. So I kind of put a hodgepodge of stuff together. Uh, every time I could choose a topic, I chose affordable housing. Uh, you know, all my major research ended up being on affordable housing. I managed to land an internship that at the time was being run by Social Housing Services Corporation. Um, and I actually found a mentor in the person who was the executive director at CHRA at the time. And she was amazing and introduced me a bunch of housing context and really introduced me to what is the housing sector. Um, and still, when I graduated with my planning degree, it was not obvious how to start a career in housing. Like it's just there's no obvious way to get in. Uh, so all these senior leaders were talking and, uh, and started working together with the Chartered Institute of Housing in the UK. Um, and they developed CIH Canada to help bring that accreditation program from the UK into Canada. Uh, and they did that in 2013. So the main objectives of CIH Canada is first to provide that education and training for people in housing, to provide a standard of knowledge and skills that can be recognized by potential employers, and also just to establish housing as a profession and as a career path. I mean, people find their way into the sector and work here for decades, and it takes them that long to be like, oh, I guess housing's my career, because nobody told them it was a career before they started. So that's our main objectives. Well, Mary, that, that is so awesome. And I, I so agree that, uh, I, you know, we, we don't have a direct path into this. And so the learning curve is so huge and, and what you're doing uh, certainly can help with that. Um, and we talk about that learning curve. We know that there's all sorts of challenges right now in the affordable housing sector. And there's too many. Um, we could take up the whole podcast to talk through them. But what do you think are the biggest challenges and how do your programs help uh, to address them? Maybe we'll start with uh, Mary and then Jacob, you could uh, jump in afterwards. Sure. Yeah. So um, sort of following what I'm saying, one of the other challenges that we really see is just finding people to work in the sector. And so that's not just at those senior leadership roles. It's all over. It's in operations. It's in property management. It's in customer service. Um, people are really struggling. Employers are struggling to find people that are capable to come in and work. Um, people generally don't grow up with this dream of working in the housing sector. It's not something teenagers are talking about. Um, and so where do you find people to work? Um, so one of the fun things I actually really like to do with groups of people who work in housing is ask them, where did they come from? So Michael, what was your background before you started working in housing and homelessness? Well, it was in recreation. Makes a lot of sense, eh? Yeah, but, but it, you know, like this is, <laughs> this is pretty unusual. Stefania, where did you come from? Oh, I was a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. And Jake? Oh, I, I was deep into politics. I was a lobbyist before coming here. 
so this is actually a really usual group of people around the table talking about housing issues, right? Um, I mean, I've talked to somebody who was a dental hygienist before started working in housing. You know, I talked to somebody else who was a pastor. Like this is just, this is who is in the housing sector. And in fact, it's great because we have all these different perspectives and all these really interesting backgrounds um, coming together. But then the challenge is, <laughs> what does it mean to be in the housing sector? How do you find people who know about the housing sector? So for example, I had this one conversation and I had somebody, we were talking about CH courses and she said, listen, this is my question. I have in front of me a job. I would like to apply for it. But under the skills, it says knowledge of the housing sector. What is knowledge of the housing sector and where do I get it? You know, and I said, okay, so this is what CH Canada can do. Okay, so here's the challenge. The challenge is where do you go to find employees? Okay. And what CIH Canada do is saying, listen, we can help train those employees. You can find your employees from anywhere. And once they come in, we can give them that housing knowledge. You can train them while they're working. And also we can help identify it as a career. So people coming out of school can start taking their CIH Canada courses and we can introduce them into the housing sector and get them right from the beginning and get decades of all their passion and dedication. Yeah. Um... What Mary was saying was great, but you know, when I think of the big challenges, I, I think of like the, the big policy issues. Um, that, that's just how my brain works, you know, the, the policy, the, the advocacy stuff. And you know what, Michael, you're, you're totally right. Like our, our sector is facing a lot of really big issues. Like for example, the expiry of operating agreements, insufficient resources to build the number of housing units that Canada needs. And like you would really know very well the rising rates of homelessness. And that's just to name a couple of them. But I, I think that one of the major challenges we face, and I'm sure Mary can agree as well, is around knowledge. More particularly, how do we build and mobilize knowledge around key issues related to housing and homelessness? And from there, how do we leverage the knowledge that we've built and mobilized into the enactment of good public policy? Responding to those questions is going to be at the core of HPMP's programming over the upcoming year. We're going to be offering resources to learn about social housing policy, and we're going to be uh, co-developing and hosting a session with CHRA's Indigenous Caucus. We're also going to be offering sessions around mentorship, change management, and approaching challenges from an innovative lens. We're also going to be supporting the creation of strategic networks, helping participants support each other to solve the problems they're facing in their careers and the big problems that the sector is grappling with. And then from there, we're also going to be starting to provide formal advocacy training to support our HPM peers to take the knowledge that they've built and begin to mobilize within their networks to equip them with the skills to go out and advocate for the policies and programs that Canada needs to solve our growing housing and homelessness crises. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart. Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Uh, you know, it's so interesting what both of you are saying. We're talking about um, dropping a lot of knowledge. That's, I think, succinctly, that's what you're doing with people. Absolutely. You don't come into this. But 
it's interesting because I, I think we get it, we, we get into this sector talk and we, we you know, we're in the sector. I've been in the sector for, for about 11 years now. And, and you forget that to the average Canadian, right. Who's well-intentioned, meaningful. When you talk about homelessness or, or affordable housing, I mean, affordable housing, what does that mean to them? I don't know, like within budget or, but when you talk about homelessness, usually they're painting a picture and I, I get this information. I've got it from, uh, you know, grade fives who are dead, deadly honest, right. They're not worried about being uh, correct, but they talk about the, you know, what homelessness that you see on the streets of downtown Toronto, right. That's homelessness, isn't it? And, you know, if I just give them a couple bucks, problem solved, or, you know, maybe that's, I don't really, and it's not because they're bad people. They're well-intentioned. They just have no idea, right. They have no idea about policy they have no idea what the real challenges are the ins and outs and why this is happening um so both programs in, incredible um and in, in doing that i think it's so important too because if we could take those well intentions and match them with knowledge um we're going to get a lot done now the key word um over the last couple of years i think and i'm going to pivot right here and i think that is the key word uh we've heard that a lot through the pandemic uh We've heard, hey, we have to pivot as the world has changed so much. It continues to do so. Oh, I think can make to face these massive challenges they face now and in the future. Uh, this, this time we'll start with uh, with you, Jake, and, and then we'll have uh, Mary weigh in. Yeah, that, that's a great question, Michael. Um, when I think about it, it's, uh, and I'm going to wax poetic here, so you're just going to have to bear with me. <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me of a quote that I really like from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, it goes something like, our chief want in life is someone who makes us do what we can. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was talking about friendship when he wrote that, but I think it applies to mentorship too. And like you said, Michael, the world has changed so much over the last couple of years. And on top of that, our peers, including yourself, are, are grappling with some really major issues. Uh, and that was even before COVID-19. It helps to know that you have someone in your corner, whether it's for moral support, guidance, or anything of the like, in order to navigate the situations or paths before us. In other words, it helps, and it could even be our chief want for someone who makes us do what we can. So to your question, uh, what can housing professionals do to face the challenges they face now or in the future? I'd say be the person who helps someone be their best to reach their potential, or in other words, to do what they can. And to those of you that have been doing that, like Michael, the way that you've been doing through HPMP and beyond, thank you um, to you and all the other people that are being mentors and leaders. And to those that haven't, I would say it's never too early or too late to start doing that. Yeah, you know, from my perspective here, looking at people, um, who are working in, in the sector. Um, when I think of pivot, um, like I, I agree with Jake, I think really making it so that you know who's in your corner um, and we've really got strong support for each other in our careers is really important. Um, I think the mentorship program is a really excellent way of doing that and forming really close bonds um, between people coming up in the sector. Um, I also think of it as just sort of let's pivot the whole sector from let's not just be a bunch of random people who applied to job ads and ended up here, but let's be people who are actually dedicated to our careers and see us going forward and really committed to solving these problems together. And so let's pivot and become a professional group of people who are, you know, we're here, we're here to stay and we're taking these issues on. Uh, you know, the, the sector and, you know, if you're not working in the sector, you don't really even identify what, what is the housing sector, it doesn't make sense. But once you're here, you're surrounded by people who are passionate and 
you know, willing to give time, um, you know, like it is not a surprise that we can find mentors in this field because there are a lot of people in this field who will give you hours of their time to talk about issues and to support each other and just really encourage people in their jobs. Um, so let's just be, let's just be that sector. Absolutely. And I love that. And it's so true. People are very much willing to share in this sector because we are we all arrived here from different pathways, but it was really that passion that drove us. Um, and so speaking of pivots, not to be uh, super ridiculous, but I want to pivot over to innovation because I think as the pandemic, as much as it challenged us to pivot, it also really challenged us to innovate and get creative. And I think we really saw that on the front lines, particularly in the beginning for those first few months. Uh, it was amazing what people made happen quickly. Um, so, and, you know, and it's a word in the housing sector and for good reason. So we'll need plenty of innovation as well to tackle the challenges ahead. So can you folks talk about some of the ways you've been innovative in your program? Um, Mary, let's start with you and then, and then throw it over to Jacob. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm really happy you're bringing up innovation. Uh, this is going to be kind of our word for the year at CH because we are currently renewing the program. Uh, the first program we established in 2013 is going to actually expire at the end of next year. So we're just finishing up our last cohort going through. Um, and so this is our chance to sort of renew the program um, and really look at all the skills that people now identify are needed. Um, and those skills are a long list and there's a huge variety, you know, and if you don't work in the housing sector, you might not realize it. But once you're here, man, the things people are asked to know about. You know, so we know about the core competencies. We know you need to know things like tenancy and property management, um, you know, but we're also now asking people to be real estate developers, financial planners. We're looking for leadership skills. This is one of the big things that HPMP does. Um, we're looking for skills to develop culturally adapted housing. You know, this is stuff that is all happening within a single organization. And sometimes that organization has four staff. So, we, you know, we're, we're just asked for this variety of skills. Um, so I'm really excited because this year we're going to be looking at sort of redeveloping our program and making sure that all of those skills are, are put into this sort of formal education and training. Uh, so people go out and not only have those skills, but also the confidence to take on the innovation they're going to have to rise up to, uh, to deal with over the next few years. Yeah, uh, Mary's doing some great stuff with CIH. I, I just wanna, I just wanna say it because she's doing an amazing job. Um, and, and you know, when it comes to innovation, innovation. Sorry, uh, for for anyone that knows me, they'll tell you that I love innovative solutions to solving problems, or even just finding innovative ways to improve like anything that we do. Uh, earlier, I alluded to the evolution of HPMP over the last five years. Um, now that we're entering year five. We're going to be innovating our program offerings and the structure of the program itself, while still retaining some of the great content that past year's participants have really enjoyed. So for example, and pandemic permitting, we're going to be altering the format of the program to include in-person, virtual, and self-directed learning and networking opportunities. So that's going to include a revamped self-directed social housing policy course, for example. Uh, we're going to have greater exploration of homelessness-centric issues, which is something that we haven't done as much as we should have in the past. And we're also going to be offering a new experiential learning base. I'll, I'll just say it, this program has something for everybody that's interested in housing and homelessness. And if you miss out, I feel kind of bad for you, but <laughs> I, I hope that everybody applies. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And uh, I hope they apply as well. So I just want to get down to the details now. So who can participate in your programs and how can they apply? And of course, what can they expect? Yeah, so I'll, I'll hop in there first. Um, love the nitty gritty details. Thanks, Stefania. Uh, eligible HPMP participants have to be members of an HPMP partner organization. So currently those organizations are CHRA, CIH, and Housing Partnership Canada. The cost is free for mentors and $400 plus sales tax for mentees. For potential mentees that want to participate and can't afford the $400 fee, we're going to be offering a limited number of bursaries based on financial need. Uh, next year's program is going to be taking place from February to July 2022. The application period for the 2022 program is going to open at the beginning of October of this year and will be announced through CHRA's flash newsletter and social media feeds. Um, in terms of what participants can expect, I would say two things mainly. Uh, first and foremost, an amazing mentorship match. Uh, in, in fact, this past year, I'm really proud to say that we had a 100% satisfaction rate with our mentor matches, which is amazing. And you know, if Michael returns as a mentor and Stefania, you get involved, I think we might be able to push that to 106%. So we would encourage you to apply. Uh, but secondly, uh, participants can also just expect an incredible program that's going to keep getting better and better as the years go by. Mary? I just want to encourage people to really look up the mentorship program. It, it really is very cool. And Jake's done a lot of work to update it this year and, and bring in some new fun things to do. So I uh, really encourage people to sign up for that. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be renewing our program this year. Um, but we will still have two designations that you can pursue through CH Canada. Uh, we have our certified designation, and this is for people working in operations and usually with a shorter experience, uh, shorter amount of time working in housing. So often like just one or two years, um, if you've just started in your career. We also have a charter designation, and this is for people who have been working longer in the, in the field, usually more than five years, um, or uh, working in senior management positions, um, just a different focus for the two different designations. Uh, we will be welcoming our new cohort for the fall of 2022. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. Um, people can expect basically a, a sort of a college or university level program. Um, each designation will be a set of online courses that you'll be able to do that include things like readings and assignments. Um, you'll have a, an instructor who will be following along with you and supporting you as you go. Um, they, they are a commitment of time. We generally suggest that people block out four to six hours a week uh, while you're doing your courses. So they really are substantial courses. And the learning program meets high standards. So any employer who sees this accreditation on your resume by your name uh, will recognize that skills and dedication you put towards your career. So cool. You know what? I Listen, I wish this was around. Um, years ago and it's not too late I'm going to be looking into this for sure Mary let's talk a little bit about accreditation and why it's important to the future of housing and, and lastly uh, what's involved absolutely um, yeah accreditation is the new thing for our sector um, and it's important because it professionalizes the sector and professionalization for us means that the skills and dedication of people working this sector will be clearly recognized it means retaining people in the sector and building them up to be able to be prepared to take on those senior management and leadership positions. And it also means attracting new people into the sector and identifying it as a career. 
So to become accredited, you complete your certified or chartered designation with CIH. And that accreditation is coming from the Chartered Institute of Housing in the UK. And that's an accreditation institute that's over 100 years old. And so they take their reputation and they're dedicated to the sector very seriously. And the accreditation is actually then recognized internationally because it is just as valid as your CAH accreditation uh, in the UK. Uh, it's recognized in Australia. Um, they also have partners in Ireland, Hong Kong, Taiwan. Um, so it's really something that will sort of go beyond uh, just your own organization, but recognizes you yourself as a housing professional. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, by to get certified someday or accredited, uh, I think that would be welcome uh, in our sector. Jacob, you, I don't know if you know of the uh, phrase ABC, always be closing, but that seems to be what you're doing, my friend. Always be closing. You've sold me on mentorship. Uh, I was <laughs> sold already. I think Steph will come on board um, and, and many others. But uh, your program is heavily centered around mentorship. Uh, I was really fortunate and, and always have been still to this day. I think the best decisions I've ever made uh, were because of the mentorship that, that I received and the worst ones I own those, but the best ones were because of that mentorship. Why, why is it so important to have mentors in this sector? And maybe as a follow-up, why would you encourage leaders uh, in the sector to be a mentor? Yeah, thanks for the question, Michael, and, and for the kind words as well. Um, I like to think of myself as something of a salesman, but not a used car salesman, one of the good high-class salesmen. So uh, I, I would say, you know what, the vitality of our sector, especially when considering all of the challenges that we consistently have to confront, is dependent on leaders. And it's not just the leaders of today, but it's about helping shape the leaders of tomorrow too. That's why mentorship is so important. You're literally shaping the leaders of tomorrow to ensure that there are always people prepared to rise to the challenges that our sector faces. And there are many of them, as we've already discussed. Uh, mentorship also provides opportunity for mentors to ignite passion and interest in housing in less experienced professionals. And the mentors also gain benefit from helping, uh, or sorry, from hearing new perspectives and fresh ideas that can inspire them to do things even a little bit differently. Uh, beyond that, I would say that I think most of us get involved in this sector because we want to have a positive impact on our communities. We get a sense of happiness and fulfillment from helping others. And frankly, what better way to see the positive impact you can have than by offering mentorship to someone who's seeking it? And just to briefly pivot, um, I think it's also important to acknowledge how important it is to have a stream of eager mentees too. The HPMP is an amazing opportunity to learn from experienced housing professionals like you, Michael, and hopefully you, Stefania, uh, <laughs> and for those emerging leaders to enhance their leadership skills, build their networks, and so much more. Well, that's that's fantastic. And uh, while we have dropped a lot of knowledge in a short amount of time, uh, for those who have not memorized it all, where can they go to find out more? So I'll just hop in there first. Um, to learn more about HPMP, you can check us out at our website, hpmp-pmpl.ca. Again, that's hpmp-pmpl.ca. Uh, if you're interested in participating or sponsoring the program and you have questions, you can find my contact information at the bottom right of the HPMP website or on the staff page of the CHRA website. And I'd encourage everybody uh, listening to this podcast to shoot me an email to discuss how they can benefit from being a part of HPMP. 
Yeah, and certainly for CH Canada, um, you can definitely shoot me a direct email. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Um, and and actually, it's probably a good conversation to have early on um, so we can get you set up for um, hopefully entrance in fall of 2022. Um, so again, my email is mclark at chra-achru.ca and our website is cihcanada.ca. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Mary and Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show, spending some time with us and sharing this really excellent program. I really hope a lot of folks join it and take advantage of it. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us, Stephanie. Well, Michael, that was another great conversation. Um, I don't know. I feel really jazzed up. I think this is something that doesn't get talked about uh, enough. And it, it was making me think about how I got into this sector and like the weird pathway that that I arrived on to, to come here. And, and the great advice that um, my boss, Tim Richter at CAH gave me when he hired me was just read everything, <laughs> read every report, read uh, all the things, um, you know, cause he also arrived in, in the sector and on a strange pathway too, as a lobbyist and communications expert. So, you know, um, it was good advice, but I think mentorship is, is so key. Yeah, mentorship and, and having these courses and a path that can actually teach you about all that. I mean, uh, I we, we kind of have to soak it all up, read it, talk to others, but this is a quicker path forward. It's incredible. And of course, the mentorship, I think, you know, and that's how I know I officially became old was when I went from <laughs> mentee to mentor, like, oh, I, I'm at that age now. Um, but but it, it's true, right? It's, you know, reaching out to people, you don't, and I think your boss said this too, Tim, uh, he said, I haven't done anything original since 1990. He said, cause I don't have to, like there's people out there who have done it, who have experienced it. who will share this sector is a very sharing sector. If it works in BC, most likely it will work in Ontario, you know, with some tweaks we can share, we can learn and, and, and grow. So both, uh, both these programs are incredible and it was so great to have them both on today. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm definitely want to check it out. Uh, but I think more as a mentee, because I'm still pretty fresh to the sector, you know, it's going on almost three years. So, um, but I'm definitely going to check it out. It's really exciting. Very cool. Well, another ep great episode of On the Way Home. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to share this with friends, uh, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. See you then. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.